Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Natural and artificial flavors, color added, red 40, lake red 40, yellow 5. I am reading the back of my last bag of jelly beans after Easter and Jenna is just staring at me jellybelly.com they're not a sponsor but i'm sure lots of parents love them and the dentists do too so what's up welcome to vital Namics. we are talking about it's after easter now what what's up jana how are you i'm doing good i'm nobody actually nobody in our family likes jelly beans but you i do and i like the black ones <laughs> which is it's like that i know like who likes licorice Jelly beans. I think the black ones have sin in them. I'm not. I'm not sure, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy Jelly Bellies because they have like the popcorn flavor, which reminds me of the movie. So it's kind of cool. So it's what is it? Two weeks after Easter. Two weeks after Easter. And you still have candy left from your Easter basket. That's that's good. I'm I'm saving it. I'm actually eating one that's right, right now. Yeah. Which is totally rude to be in the mic, but they're so good. You're never they're supposed so to talk. Didn't your mother teach you not to you know talk with your mouth full? She did teach me that. Yeah. She never taught me not to talk with a mic in my mouth. So, but yeah, we're talking about after Easter and now what do we do? So I don't know about you as listeners, but we were pretty tired after Easter. Very tired, mm-hmm. especially after, you know, egg hunts, getting up early, multiple services, ham, food. I'm a vegan. I didn't eat the you ham. You didn't eat the ham. I didn't eat the ham, but I did, no. take, I did take five naps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did too. Up. I passed out. And so that was that was exciting. But, but it was a good day. It was a great day. It was a great day. And we, you know, rested. I thought yep. that was really good as a family because that's important is to take that time and rest. And then we celebrated our daughter's 16th birthday, which is awesome. So it was a whirlwind of a two days. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Jesus was risen, but I was feeling dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we made it happen. Oh, boy. Well, we, we wanted to talk about you know, what do we do after Easter? I mean, it seems that churches spend a lot of energy maybe leading up yeah. to Easter, and then all of a sudden it just fizzles out. It's like, okay, been there, done that, and everybody just kind of goes back to normalcy, and it shouldn't be that way. Right. How many how many staff meetings do you have, you know, like ramping up towards Easter, and then, all you know, afterwards it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Just crash. Yeah. Yeah. And some churches, believe it or not, don't even have staff meetings leading up to Easter. Yep. I knew a pastor that just took off on Easter. Wasn't even there. So I'm like, what, what do you do with that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, just like, I don't know, I'm just gone, right? Yeah. But but we want to talk about really wrapped around three questions. You know, what's next? Where's next? And who's next? Yep. And so let's deal with the first one. What's next? So after Easter, we, I know with our staff, we we spend a lot of time with like following up. And so maybe give some insight on that, like following up. What, what does that look like? Right. The question is really, how are you going to connect with the the people that came on Easter? You know, you've got a couple of different groups. You've got your volunteers that really worked hard 
yeah, alongside of you, you know, to prepare for such a big day. And mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you thank them. Yeah. Thank them for all their hard work, validate that time and energy of them working alongside of you to make Easter successful because we can't do it alone. No, no. And yeah. you, as a pastor, you shouldn't do everything alone. That's, that's right. Like, that's a red flag. So they're a group that you want to honor and yeah. recognize. And then how are you going to connect with the new people mm-hmm. that walk through your doors for the first time? Yeah. You know, um, you know, there's all kinds of different follow-up plans that you could have, but do you have a plan? I think is the yeah. first thing. Yeah. Like, how are you going to connect with your first and second time guests mm-hmm. that came on Easter? Uh, and what type of follow-up plan? You know, it could look different for each church, but at least think about it, have a plan, make sure there's a touch and a connection for them, you know, after they came and, and were with you yeah. on Easter weekend. Yeah, and I think what we're saying is not, not new information. I mean, I could think back to when, you know, I didn't realize what actually went in, into Easter, but for a long time, like our, our coach, you know, Nelson Searcy, um, always push this. And I like to call him Yoda because yeah. he's like Yoda. Like he's just yeah. awesome. Right. Um, so if you don't know about him, check him out. He's just such a great guy. And I love his coaching stuff. Very practical for churches. Um, but yeah, but a lot goes, a lot goes into that stuff. And, you know, it's important too. like after that celebration, it's like, take time to celebrate, take time to pray and thank God for what he did and evaluate like what he did. Yeah. And if you had people that made decisions, you know, for, you know, for Christ, maybe they decided to follow Jesus on Easter Sunday. Those are an important group of people that you need to make sure that you touch, celebrate that, Yeah, celebrate that decision in their life and help them make sure that you connect with them and help them on their new journey with Jesus. Yeah. And so we, you know, we do something that is very helpful for, for us. And, and so this kind of comes out of the, the Patterson School, um, but we kind of added to it <laughs> to, to, to make it work for us. But it's the concept of right, wrong, missing, confusing. And we added stopping. Stop. We added stop. Yeah. Like, stop it. We won't do that we, anymore. That you, was bad. <laughs> you, learned, you learned from your mistakes like, okay, we're never going to do that again on Easter. But at least you tried something. But yeah. that's so an if, important if one. If you have a whiteboard or even yeah. those really – very enlarged post-it notes um, that are like cheap, you know, well, they're not cheap. I mean, they're, they're making money off those posts. Yeah, notes. they are. Uh, but we put those on the wall or we write on a whiteboard and we write the, like a list, you know, what, what went right during Easter, what was wrong during Easter, what was missing, what was confusing and what needs stopping. And then what we do is, is we just stop and we really have a, a really cool synergistic staff meeting where everybody just gets to just do a brain dump. Yeah. And we don't do it the week after Easter no. just because it's a little too much, right. you know, to two have. Two weeks after Easter. We do it two weeks after Easter and people have had time to like, you know, decompress, kind of settle into a routine again. And they can kind of objectively look at the whole weekend, you know, and really evaluate. And this is where it has to be honest yeah. communication. And it's not that anyone, you know, it's not to offend or any. Right. We, we're just, we're raw. We just go in. Okay. Let's celebrate what went right, but let's be honest with each other. What could we have done better? Yeah. What didn't go, what what went wrong? Yeah. And um, what did we miss that right. we want to make sure we catch for next Easter? Yeah. And it's re- it's really good. I love our staff. I love the, the synergy of our staff and, and the rawness of it. And I think everybody wants the best. Yeah. Well, everybody wants the best for, for their church. And so it's really cool. So it's not a... 
it's it's not a, uh, a platform thing where you have one person speaking in the room and it's just the one voice only, but it's multiple voices from different generations, which yeah. I think is very important, yeah. which and includes you, Gen Z. Yeah, and you can't take anything personally either. No way. You've just yeah. got to, hey, if, you know, um, if, if, you know, if the music wasn't, you know, if you didn't hit a hormone, that's okay. We'll just talk about it. Let's make it better. You know, how can we make it better? Yeah, absolutely. And, and then what I love what we always do is we always keep, um, I know we still have it in one of the, one of the offices, you know, Easter for the next 10 years. Yes. We need to update that, right? Cause, yeah. cause 10 years has gone by pretty fast yeah. actually. Um, but keeping Easter in front of you and this year is, you know, was great. Uh, we're in New England, so we really need the spring to actually have any outdoor connection. But next year is going to be a challenge for us yeah. and for other churches in New England because it's very early. Yeah. So this is one of those holidays, guys. Remember that moves every year. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's not like Christmas. It's always on December right. 25th and yep. you can always plan and it's always that way. You have to have an idea of where Easter is over the next few years so that you can plan accordingly and not lose your mind as you're planning. So next year, guys, Easter 2024 is on March 31st. Yeah. And in New England, we could have a snowstorm. Yeah. It's, we could have a snowstorm yeah. on Easter. And we've had them. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had them. So how are we going to handle that? And that means that you're really planning two major holiday seasons in the life of the church. Christmas right. and Easter, you're going to be really thinking about them simultaneously next year. Almost 90 days out. Yeah, because I think 90 days out from Easter is New Year's Eve. Right. New Year's Eve. And if your church does anything special like ours, you know, ours does, we have a major uh, outreach event on New Year's Eve for our young, our next gen. Yeah. You're going to be planning, you know, you're going to be executing that big event at the same time that you're starting planning for your second. And you really need to start focusing way earlier. Yeah. Well, you heard it first, folks. We're warning you right now yes. that Easter is early next year. And you probably need to start planning for it around Thanksgiving. It's yeah. a little bit calmer in the life of the church. Okay. Yeah. So that's our advice to you today. All right. Start planning, you know, start thinking about Easter right about Thanksgiving time this year. Or two weeks prior. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's yes. <laughs> two weeks prior. So, so think about that, you know, what's next. So Easter's here. And now you want to have conversations around the follow-up, the evaluation, uh, putting the date up in front, getting honest feedback with your staff. All of that is crucial. But Easter, you know, we, we know theologically it's pretty much every day. Jesus is risen and he's coming back, right? And so we, we celebrate that. But that in particular, you know, things start to wind down. And so it leads me to the next question, like, what's next? So you had all this energy that led up to Easter. And now you're asking the question, where's next? Uh, where's next? Where's next? Yeah. Where's next? And so where are we headed? Where are we going? Um, and, and what does that mean with the, the people? And so I really think it centers around three M's um, when you're dealing with lo locality, like where are we going? And, and so you have to, you know, for dealing this on a number level, like Number one, I would probably say you have to get people thinking missional or continuing to have people think missional. Like leading up to Easter, we would do this thing, who's your five? People would hand in five people they're praying for. We've kind of reevaluated that for next year. So we're going to roll out something different. But just having people pray towards people that are far from God. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's key. That's kind of the, the evangelism piece of, of getting people um, to discover Christ. And that's really, really good. 
so getting people to think through the the whole concept of just being missional, like, okay, Easter's over, but I'm still going to work on Monday. I'm still going to see the same people around me in my cubicle. I need to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, the mission was Easter, right? Because yeah. even for your for your staff and your volunteers, the the people, the committed people in your church who had a mission, and that was we're gonna we're gonna use Easter as a platform, yeah, to really reach our community. It's not just one day, you know, like right. you said, it's not yeah. just about one day a year. Keep them focused on being missional wherever they are right. and whatever day it is, every day where you where you know, like you tell our people all the time where you eat, work, shop, study, and play. Yeah. I still have a responsibility to be yeah. on mission. A hundred percent. So so stay missional. Um the the next one would be to to just get your leaders thinking multiplication. Like, okay, so they served at Easter. They met new people. It's like, who are they going to invite on the journey with them? Mm-hmm. Who are they going to pour into? Uh, we, we can kind of call that a, a form of discipleship. Yeah. Like, who are you going to bring along, raise up, so that you can send them out with your blessing? And think, how am I going to multiply myself? I think that's a, that's a key indicator. When a church stops thinking multiplication, it just, it, it automatically defaults to subtraction. Mm-hmm. That's where the, you know, plateau begins. It's like when people are not saying, how can I replace myself? Um, how do we make this better? How, how can I, you know, get five of me and train five of me on my team um, and not be threatened by somebody saying, hey, I'm going to take your job or whatever. We all have a big part in the kingdom. So I think multiplying ourselves is it's crucial with, yeah. with the people who attend. Yeah, absolutely. As you're, as it grows and as more people uh, come and attend your church, you're going to need more leaders. You're going to need more more group leaders, more discipleship, and really challenge your people. We, we saw a movement of a lot of families investing and inviting their neighbors yeah, and really so awesome. taking ownership yeah. for their street. Like, I want to see... You know, everyone on my street, my neighbors, you know, come to know Jesus, come to Easter. Great. And we saw the fruit of that. Okay, now what are we going to do? What is the next step? You've got to pour into them. Right. You have to pour into them. And how are you going to influence them, you know, every week when you see them? Yeah, no, that's good. And, And then the next one I would say is dealing with mobilization. So making sure all the generations are engaged. So, you know, we talked about coming to a location. Well, now get your people to think about using their home or the place that's most lovely to them, whether that's Panera, Starbucks, or up here is Dunkin' Donuts, right? Meet with people, have conversations around the Bible at a, at a particular time. That could be a micro group, whatever type of group. Or even at just a meetup. Just a meetup. Con- yeah, just connection. to connect. Yeah. And, and, really think about, okay, how am I going to mobilize these people to have a heart for their community and be able to reach their community? And I love hearing the stories about people that are saying, you know what, there's a problem and we're going to come together and we're going to solve the problem. And we're going to, our group is going to come together and we're going to have a a place uh, in the community to fix that problem. And we, we've seen that. We, we've heard those stories. And it's so it's so encouraging because if you're not mobilizing, then you're probably not multiplying. And, and then you're probably not being missional. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it kind of all goes back front and forward. So mobilization, you know, really is about bringing people and moving them forward. But then also listening to that next generation. 
um, you know, the big talk right now is Gen Z. They, a couple of years ago, it was millennials. And so mm-hmm. now, now I'm seeing all the articles. Now people are all concerned about Gen Z, whereas the reality was, you know, 10 years ago, we were already focused on Gen Z. We were already trying to think about pipelines to get them involved all the way back fifth and sixth grade. Okay, how do they become the church where they're at? and not wait and say, one day you'll get to serve the church. And so now it's become this big popular trend. But the reality is, is, okay, how do we mobilize Gen Z and how do we give them a space for their face and give them authority to lead? Yeah, uh, That's very important. And so y- you have to think about that portion too with mobilization. Yeah, and 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 you've really challenged are the people of our church that it's just not our staff's responsibility. It's yeah. not just your responsibility. You've challenged them and put it out there like you have, you're going to be able to reach people that we're not going to be able to That's reach. Right. And you have influence where we, in a circles that maybe we cannot step into. Yeah. And so, you know, give them that authority to influence where they are and encourage them, you know, after Easter, grab some, like, stay mobilized Mm -hmm. and we really ask people to have connection point times after easter where where new people who who maybe came into our church for the first time get connected in an environment a smaller environment that they would feel comfortable whether it's a meetup or an activity or an event or something get them mobilized to help with that connection and follow up after easter as well yeah no definitely and, and so you know we're, we're talking about like what's next where's next and the third one is who's next and so i want to bring back the concept that we talked about with evangelism yeah. because evangelism is a problem in most churches people are not sharing their faith in most churches they're not standing bold and so that's that's something after easter you know, when, when I ask people, okay, how, how did you do? My, my prayer for every church is that they would at least double on Easter. So if they had 10, they'll have 20. Um, somebody invited somebody. But yeah. if a church, you know, I actually heard of a church that that didn't double. They actually went down in numbers. And I started to ask the question, okay, so nobody was talking about evangelism because that's what it equated to for me. Nobody cared. There wasn't that, that culture of um you know, the heart of Jesus of saying, okay, we need to reach people. Instead, it sounded like the the church didn't do anything, uh, which was shocking to me. But ramping up evangelism is is key because evangelism is something we're commanded to do. I've said over and over again, Jesus's last command must be our first concern. And so our command to go and make disciples, discipleship and evangelism go together. They're not separated. They go together. And so the concept of investing and inviting people and having conversations around what you said, Jenna, the daily patterns of eat, workshop, study, and play are crucial. And that doesn't end after Easter. Right. And there's that energy, right? Before Easter, there's this big push. Okay. Let's, you know, invest and invite our friends, our neighbors, our, our coworkers to Easter. You've got to keep that momentum going mm-hmm. even after. It's not just about that that weekend. It, yeah. It's important. Yep. It's important that we invest and invite to Easter, but it's important that we're investing and inviting every week. Yeah. And what tools are you giving your people to help them accomplish that and emphasize it? Don't let, you know, don't let that evangelism energy just diminish. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And usually with evangelism, you know, it always brings up another word, connection, right? Yeah. You can't have evangelism without connection. I mean, you can't evangelize yourself. Uh, so you definitely need other people. And so 
Easter, for me, it's just always a great restart for springing forward. It always gives me uh, the feeling of new life is mm-hmm. coming. There's there's new hope. There's a, there's a future up ahead. And, and so when I think about that, I think about the fact that people should naturally be moving towards connection, not isolation. In New England, when it's cold, everybody isolates and insulates. But when it comes to the spring, we're out. We're, we're out. We're outside. Out people on the on the boats. People yeah. are on the lakes, uh, camping. Hiking. All, all, yeah, all, all that hiking, all of that stuff. And so it's really key to say, okay, how can I invite people along with me on a hike or uh, go fishing or something like that to be able to build connection with people? Start start conversations. Yeah conversations exactly and 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 i think that's a, a critical key after easter is to empower your people with authority and equip them to have conversations to tell their story their god story with other people around the things that they love to do yeah and that's not a foreign concept there are many churches in america that are doing it but then you also know people that might be listening to this this might be new to them so it's important to think connection over isolation and then the the other thing that's really cool is usually in the winter, I, I always find this, unless you're like, I don't know, unless you're in Florida. Florida seems to like never shut down, even during a pandemic. Like they just <laughs> they just keep going, right? And uh, that's a conversation for later. But the, the fact is everything's like nice. It's nice weather. Um, people are always, you know, having community events. Whereas you come up here to the Northeast, it's like things shut down for the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses shut down. The tarps go up. Like yeah. everybody, everybody shuts down. And weather makes things unpredictable. Correct, and it, it actually makes things unpre- you know unpredictable and miserable at the same time because yeah. nobody likes to freeze. Um, but when the springtime comes, it's a natural inclination to join your community where the people are. Yes, and so it's a good idea to kind of look at that community calendar and say, how can our church partner with something that's already going on in the community and and maybe plant a table in that space and connect with people and just have a, a friendly conversation with people. I think that's, you know, that's really, really key. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, again, it's just, it goes, I think that goes right back to being missional mm-hmm. and being mobilized too. If you're looking for opportunities that you can step into yeah. You know, they're there. Yeah. They're there. You don't have to look very look very far and get your people excited about it. And so, you know, we wanted to just have this dialogue, you know, after Easter. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm still kind of in the fog from Easter. Like yeah. I still have it recovered. Like I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm at the gym, I'm working out. I f- I feel great, but I'm still like in this fog. A little sluggish. A little sluggish. Yeah. I mean, the the jelly belly <laughs> it's jelly the beans sugar. It, it's not they're not even working, okay? <laughs> it's all the sugar we had and all those great desserts. <laughs> but uh, you know, I hope I I hope for you listening that this conversation maybe got other things stirring. And also, you know, if you don't have a place to connect, if you don't have somebody helping you on this journey, you know, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to help you. Uh, One of the things we love doing is leading with an open hand. So if we can be a a blessing to your church or your community, uh, reach out to us. And just thanks so much for listening. We've got a couple of great shows coming up. We have new partners coming on, and I'm really excited about those interviews that we're going to be having. So stay tuned. God's going to do great things in you. And until then, keep eating your jelly (laughs) Jelly bellies bellies. and jelly beans. (laughs) Oh man. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to go get some more jelly beans and we'll talk to you soon.